Open Design Africa is an annual festival underpinned by the beautiful South African slogan Ubuntu, which simply means I am because you are. To celebrate, they've partnered with us to feature some of their most exciting panelists on our podcast, Africa Design. This is one of those conversations. Thanks for tuning in. Hi, Blessing. How are you? How's, how's your week been? My week has been awesome. That's good. I'm glad it's 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 ending already. It's what what what's been so special about it? <laughs> I a lot a lot. First of all, I get to complete a lot of uh, projects I was holding for my organization, most especially. And secondly, I also get to complete lots of writing that was pending. So this week has been finishing up pending projects and clearing up my schedules. And I'm pretty much excited because the year turned out well. Initially, I thought it wasn't going to be as I planned when the year started. But we are wrapping up and I'm kind of looking back and I'm excited at how everything turned out. Mm -hmm. What kind of changes and successes have you had? I've had lots of successes and notable of them is being able to have a mentor this year led me through the process. I started this year as youth mentee of the Global Thinkers Forum, where every mentee is assigned a mentor. And I can say it actually came at the right time because when the year started, I got pretty much overwhelmed. And my mentor practically took me through a lot of processes. She helped out. Even when she also had a lot of things to deal with at her own end, but she was understanding. I would say Global Thinkers Forum has made things quite easier for me this year. And, I, and I'm very, very grateful, very grateful. I've counted a lot of successes I've, I've encountered this year because I have a mentor, because I have someone I could talk to when I'm stuck because I have someone that led me through processes that I feel like I wasn't able to maybe get through. So it's, it's been an amazing year for me and super grateful for Jeff. I, I saw the application on Opportunity Dex, which I applied for. I didn't really put all my mind to it though, but I was surprised when I saw my name out. Like I've been selected and then I was attached to Zamando BDK She's a founder of STEMI Africa, and she's an advocate of STEM education for women and girls. And that was how I got to know about the organization. And that was how I got to be attached to the mentor. And I can say that the role of mentors in young people's life is very important because as young people are coming up, they, they, they take to a lot of paths which at a point, they feel overwhelmed and they feel that they can't go through. But someone else who had gone through that path before, someone else that has more experience could help them. And that's actually what we call mentors because mentors are more experienced. Mentors have been there before. Mentors are like one step ahead of us. So they understand it better. So I, I feel it's very important for every young person to have a mentor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned STEM education and that's a, a large part of your work is either education or empowerment. 
And I know you've logged in as the, the Innovative Child Network as well today. Maybe you could tell yes. me about that. Okay, the Innovative Child Network is a non-profit organization that focuses on skill-based learning for children aged 6 to 16 years. And what we do is we train, of course we do, but not just training. What we do differently is that we mentor and we form like a network of children who have skills and children who want to learn skills and they come to learn from each other. So we have different models such as leading learning series where after a child has learned to a certain point, he or she comes up to be the mentor as well, to be like a facilitator taking sessions. So what actually inspired the Innovative Child Network was in 2018, I live in, in Nigeria, Akwaibom State to be precise, that's where I'm from. And I've been seeing lots of children, creative children, making architectural work, doing electronics, electrical items. And you see these kids, they are between six to 11 years. And most of them, they, they do not have kind of a backup mentorship to keep them going. And most of these children, they just, they, they just learn it on their own. But we can help them. It doesn't have to stop there. An African child is creative, is innovative, has so much. So we can stop there. We can help them take their knowledge to the next level. We can help them, give them a voice, amplify what they do to encourage them. Most of these children, they, they get to do this, but at the point, they are discouraged because no one is looking. Or maybe at the, that first instance, oh, Everyone we wish uh, we appreciating and 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 seeing a lot of amazing things. Well done. But after that, everything is done. After that, the child goes back to the normal. But no, the child supposed to get continuous mentorship, follow up, help to be able to help that child to excel and get to another level. So like identifying innovative kids and giving them a platform to excel. So that's what the Innovative Child Network does. We founded it in 2019 September oh well done congratulations so what are some examples of really successful Im implementation by yourselves and what are some real success stories so far I can mention some of them we have this one of the kids we have his name is Caleb Ariveso he started uh, learning front-end development in two last year just at um, last year so this year he scaled to level eight out of 10 and is now a certified front-end developer at the age of 16 and he builds products he builds uh, he builds products yeah so he, he has built websites for for organizations and for individuals at the age of 16 and then we have Mokotima he's a scratch in his 14 years he does scratch very well plus he has his own uh, account online where all the all the things he has built his portfolio is there. And we have other children, Dima, Laurel, can mention a lot of names. They are learning public speaking and they are excelling very well. Age of six, we have seven, we have eight, 10, doing well in public speaking. So they are, they are growing to be amazing young people. So that's why we have to center on skill-based learning. We know that education is good, but, but how can education help children to be role models to be leaders so that's actually what we do we have lots of into um, this year when the coronavirus hit nigeria we had to move our programs online 
And uh, what we did was we started with a virtual class. We established a virtual classroom, which we had over 30 children attend. And we were able to support them with data to be able to, so that they, to, to help them. Yeah, because we know that some persons may run out of data. So we also had support from other organizations who supported us to help children with data to be able to, for them to come online. So it's, it's been a huge success for us this year. And as children resumed school, they resumed beta. They were excited. And we had one, one, one of our mentees, his name is Aaron. He's 11 years old. He's an animator. He won the anime 2020 by the Animation Kids Club this year for the whiteboard category. So he emerged the winner. So children, they are going back to school excited. They did something while they were in the house. So that's actually a success story for us. Incredible. That's, the, that's many. That's many. And that's just in one year. So yes. what made you get into English education from being a child to wanting to become an educator? Me wanting to become an, a teacher, an educator, started when I was in my secondary school. I had a dream of bringing change to education, starting from Nigeria. I had this curiosity, like, how does, how does the system work? What does education even mean? If I want to create a change, where do I start from? So asking myself all these questions revived curiosity, which made me go out of my way to find answers. Of course, that was where I learned to apply practical methods and natural talents in solving problems in education. So that was where my passion started. I had a personal story. Okay, when I was in my primary school, I was this an introvert kind of a person. I, I never liked to be out there. I just wanted to be me, myself. I just wanted to be here. No, it affected my learning at some point because I, I, really, I wasn't really vocal like I should be. And maybe my teacher didn't notice but it affected me to it affected me to a point and looking back now whenever i go to schools to host programs i see children who are now like who i was back then and I, it clicks like i remember so this was how i was and i remember how it affected my learning so i'm like i'm prompted to go back to help my younger self so whenever i take action to bring change to how a child learns i'm mostly particular about the way children learn yes so that's my focus what are the things what what are the mechanisms that affects children's learning what what theories should be put in what theories should be modified to enable children learn so i go out of my way if i need to learn a particular concept if i need to, to get on any platform just to learn how to improve learning of children so that's how it started. And every day it's becoming better. I'm learning. One of the amazing things in education is that learning never stops for teachers, for educators. Every day things improving and you find out amazing ways to improve how children learn, both in their environment, in their studies, in, 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 in different concepts. So you, you've talked this year about adapting to change and how that's essential and having to be audacious and, and forward thinking. What sort of things, what sort of examples from your own work are there? And how can you, how, what sort of advice would you have for people looking to change or adapt to change? Okay. 
I remember what one of my mentors told me. If today is, if your turn isn't today, tomorrow it will be. It certainly will be. So when we are looking forward to adapting to change, first of all, we have to understand that there's what we call change. Yes. There has to be that understanding that there's what we call change. There has to be that understanding that there's what we call this, the next level. So most people do something. Most people bring up a concept and they just want to stay in one place. Why? Because they don't understand what the next step is like. So it's, first of all, there has to be an understanding that there is what we call the next step. And then we have to seek out ways to advance to that next step. That involves getting involved with people who are also forward thinking, getting involved with communities that, are ad, that is advancing, getting involved in activities that will channel you and also launch you to the next step. So that is it. And also we have to understand that it might not be easy. Yeah, it might not be forthcoming immediately. But when you persist, but when you keep believing that, of course, Things doesn't always go well the first instance. That even if it doesn't work out today, tomorrow it will. But you have to understand that there is always a next step. And that's what you should be targeting. Mm. So one of the themes for Open Design Africa Festival this year is small is massive. And you've talked about the kind of changes that, that people can make. So what, what are some examples from your own work of of the, those small changes perhaps you you've given examples of, of people but perhaps on a on a level of a system or, or your organization where a small change has made a big big difference okay first of all i want to say this in our language which is the bbo one of the languages in nigeria they say what that actually means is that small drops make an ocean so in my organization i was afraid initially of taking a step because I didn't know what the outcome would be. Before I started the Innovative Child Network, I had zero knowledge of what I was out doing. I was confused, mm. but I had to take the step regardless. What, what, was, what actually led me was the fact that I knew what I wanted to change, but how to go about it at the point, I didn't know. But when I started, I realized that as I met a lot of people and share my dreams and share my vision and I get responses, I discovered that there's a lot to be done and it also helps me to narrow it down. When we started, I felt like we're not doing anything. Yeah, nothing. We're not doing anything. Although we, we, we're executing projects, I felt like it's... It wasn't enough. When you read about the reports of organization, they talk about impacting lives of thousands of people. And uh, no, we are just here. But at the end of the day, when we went back to our report and we read about, went back to pre and post assessment, and we read about the, the responses from students, and we know that we've, we've done so much. We've done so much. So when people wait, to, to get all the idea figured out, it might not actually, uh, might work, but it would take so much time. But when we have, take up the little we have and take a step, it will turn out to be something great. Like one of my mentors normally say that a person cannot change the world, 
cannot change the whole world. But everyone has his own path to focus on. When all of us focus on this, the tiny path that we are dedicated to, we realize that at the end of the day, we all of us must have changed the whole world. So that's to me, that what that's that's what small is small is massive. That's what it means to me. All of us, we have our tiny paths we should focus on. And if we dedicate our life to this, at the end of the day, we realize that the whole world must have been better because each of us decided to focus on our part. Wow, thank you. So how, how did you come across design for the first time and how have you incorporated design into, into your work? Okay, first of all, I am someone who has been so passionate about education. I, design comes in, in a lot of perspective, in a lot of angles. So mine was in the aspect mm-hmm. of education. You know, in my, I, I, I actually developed passion for education in my secondary school days, like I said before. And one of the questions I asked myself was, how does the whole thing work? Where do I start from? What are the things that need to be put in place? What does it even mean? So that question, those questions alone helped me to uh, advance for more knowledge. And that was where I learned about practical methods, different um, methodologies, different principles in education. And it, it helped, helped me to understand the area I should focus on, such as when, when I came to learn about the UDL, Universal Design for Learning, I came to learn about project-based learning, came to learn about play-based learning. So from, from the me that didn't understand anything about the areas of education and how the best practices can help children learn, to me, realizing all these principles and how they can affect learning and improve learning for children. So that was how, that's how design actually came. For me, being curious and going out of my way to find resources, meet with people, get connected to <laughs> platforms that helped me understand best what I wanted to mm-hmm. go into. So that was how... I designed entire my life in the aspects of education. And you do a lot of other stuff as well. I saw the number of, of things you're involved in, but I'd like to know which projects would you also like to tell us about? I'd like to tell you about Link Online Learners and also the 100 community. So I'm a youth session host and co-founder of Link Online Learners. So it's a Zoom chat where young people from all over the country come together to learn from each other, get on a project together, and also get to learn about each other's culture, etc. It started in March 2020 when coronavirus, the outbreak of the COVID-19. And from then till now, it's been a lot of great changes and it's been amazing when we have each each week we have new learners join us we have new collaboration it's hosted every tuesday across four different time zones and for students age 10 to 18 years and then about 100 community 100 is a finland-based 
organization that seeks and shares innovation in K-12 education. I am ambassador in Nigeria. And uh, what my role is, is to seek and share innovations in Nigeria that are advancing K-12 education. That's what I do. And also to promote 100 in my country and the work they do. So with, with WISE, who you're involved in, they just released a, an ebook about education disrupted, education reimagined. How do you see education being disrupted or what, how, what have you seen in the last six or nine months? And how do you see further education being disrupted? WISE is, is platform and organization by the Qatar Foundation. And in 2019, I was Elena's voice, a program of WISE. And I was one of the young persons that was invited to attend the World Innovation Summit for Education. And the education disrupted education, you um, imagined. It was an online program, which I attended. And yes, in 2020, education has been disrupted for a lot of children. Billions of children were out of school because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And it has also been a year which our eyes has been opened to the many possibilities of innovation, of many possibilities that innovation can do in our educational system. That's also opened our eyes to the fact that there was, there was a lot of things that we're not doing right. And during, during this, this year, during the cause of the outbreak of the pandemic, a lot of teachers learned so much about what education really means. So it's like a blessing in disguise, although it's, 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 it was a bit harmful, but it took our knowledge to another step where we learned a lot of things about advancing education, where it opened our eyes to the things we're not doing well in terms of education. So although education was disrupted, it helps us to imagine it for mm. our future for the future of our children. And, and, and what, are, what are some specific examples that you've seen that have been, been useful for, for teachers to implement that they've learned? Okay, I, I really appreciate a lot of platforms that came up to make resources available for teachers, such as the Microsoft Education Center, Adobe Education Exchange, and Google for educate, ed, Education. This platform made resources available for teachers. And a lot of teachers that were not digitally oriented before the, the COVID-19 pandemic understood that we, we could actually go digitally as teachers. That is important. So one of, one of the, the amazing things about the pandemic has been the digital orientation of teachers, especially, um, I like to mention here in Nigeria, and even schools even went online on their teaching, which initially they didn't. But because of the pandemic, they seek for ways to take learning forward, to push learning forward for students. And it actually worked. Although some students were left behind because of the communities, low-income communities, but it also helped us to understand that learning can take, can take any form. Children can actually learn even when they, are, they do not have access to digital tools. There are other forms of learning. 
such as play-based learning, which is innovative and can help children learn. So these are one of all, all the things that, that our eyes were open to during this period. And it's, it's, it has been amazing. It has been amazing. So play-based learning, that's really, really cool. I'm a true believer in that also. Really into adulthood as well. And, and creativity has just jumped, I believe, in the last couple of years from being in the top 10 most hireable skills to being, I think, number two. So how can creativity be better implemented within the education system? Every child is naturally creative. It's for us to allow its flow. When we stop, like Sarkin Robinson said, that we need to stop pushing children to learn, but rather pull them to learning. What that means is that we need to establish concepts. We need to establish principles. We need to establish models of curriculum that really help children explore their creativity, allow them learn the way they choose to learn, allow them <clears throat> bring their creativity to classroom and not just try to impose the curriculum on them. We have to be versatile in education. Education has to be versatile. That's when creativity can actually come in terms of children. Children are really naturally creative. I've seen it. So, and I believe that classroom can be more fun or rather will be more fun if children are allowed to display their creativity. One of, sometime in, on the internet, I saw that there was a particular child that was sent away from school because he made artworks on the walls of the classroom. But later, the child was actually employed to make the wall art in a particular outlet, to make the wall art in a particular outlet. You see, it's, it's actually, uh, yeah, it's good. It helps children gain their self-esteem if they can express themselves. In my, in my primary school days, I couldn't express myself because my self-esteem wasn't there. But when we ask children, how do you want to learn? When, we, when learning is student-centered, we will be able to explore students' creativity. We'll be able to give them the opportunity to have a voice. Because when they have a voice, they have the chance of expressing their creativity. Because they are not scared of being shushed whenever they talk or try to express themselves. And only then would learning take place. So how, how do you then take that idea of creativity and play and enjoying the ideas that you're, you're consuming and creating more ideas. How do you sell that to parents and how do you sell that to the um, education system? How to sell them to parents is the best thing is to show them. In one of our sessions in the Innovative Child Network, we have a different session such as drawing and painting. We have animation class. We have develop. Uh, scratch development, we have web development and the rest. And we, what we do is we, instead of creating, when we are creating curriculums, we ask the children, what is it you want to learn? We include the student's um, opinion and we make sure that 
they get to have a say when we are creating their learning curriculum. And during the drawing and painting class, they get to express themselves. We have a facilitator who takes them on that session. And we tell them, go on, create what you would like to create, go on. And uh, at the end of the day, we realized that <laughs> this student had come to put so much of their imagination. You, you see what children think when they put it down on the paper. And it's, it's quite amazing. And they share it with their parents, especially in graphic design class. The children create graphics content for their parents. And it's, it's quite amazing. So instead of just saying it, we show the parents. And we love how the parents are super engaged with what we do with the students. And, and they, they just love to. They just want to allow the children express themselves and it actually works and we just hope that lots of children will come to join the network because with that we'll be able to inspire the parents as well and i'm glad it's it's working good good we've been making sketchbooks and cardboard models with, with kids here as well and one of the kids unfortunately th this is what particularly made me ask that question one of the kids came back without the sketchbook and said it had been thrown away by mum because probably it fell apart or something and it was getting messy. I don't know. But it's really, it's, it can be a hard sell to, to some parents who, who are preoccupied. Yes, we know some parents are preoccupied, but we try to explain to them that at least maybe a few hours in a week, they could take out time to assess what this, their children have been learning. And what we do is what the work the children, uh, uh, their work, we, we share it with the parents. And we have this online platform where we also give the feedback of the children's learning to their parents. We also engage them. Some of the platforms is Google Classroom. As well, where the, the parents also, we get to add the, the parents' email to the work the children are doing, to their projects, so that they get to see it as well. So in that way, we also engage the parents in what the children mm. are learning. Well, you, you mentioned Akwai Bomb. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes. What's unique about the place and the culture and how has being from there given a unique perspective? Uh, a lot of people say that... <laughs> What I love about Aquarium is okay. the food. Yeah. The cuisine. Yeah. So we have this amazing kind of cuisine that, wow, a lot of people tend to love. And that's the called Afan soup. Yeah. It's kind of a soup. And then some people say uh, it's the hospitality of the people. And some people say the culture. But for me, what I love about my states is is the people, the cuisine, and then the environment. I love the environment, how peaceful it is, and how, how easily we can identify with a lot of, kind of like a family. So like everyone is like connected somehow. It's a big place, no, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a big place, but somehow we are like connected, yes. And everyone, every new person that comes to our states, it doesn't take so much time before the person also get, gets to feel this connection. 
So that's, that's just how it is here. And I feel a sense of belonging. Yes. So that's, that's what is unique for me. That's what is different for me. So when I get to travel, I miss so much about the place and especially our food. What about travel then? What has travel taught you? Travel has helped me to be more adaptable. I have some, I, I could have some allergies, but it has helped me to deal with them. And also has helped me to understand that there are, there's a lot of people in this world who have different histories, who are from different places, speak different languages. But, but what matters is that we are all human. No matter where a person comes from, you, they have to be treated with kindness because we are all human. Traveling has taught me so much about other people's culture, has taught me to connect the, irrespective of where we come from, has taught me that everyone, despite their background, can work together. Yes, we can work together. And our diversity actually makes us unique. Yes. And it's very important that the diversity is there because when we are in a group and the individuals in the group come from different places and they want to solve a problem, they come with a diverse understanding of what the solution means or what the problem is. And when they bring it together, it will help us solve the problem because we bring our own different ideas, not just one idea, because we come from different places and we have different experiences. So I love that. So it's, it's really what you said at some stage that after all, we're all human. It's really a central part of the work we do with Nairobi Design Week. And, and this year we released a music video and a song called Labeled Human. So really this, this point of diversity and, and diversity making us stronger, right? And, and more points of view equals a bigger breadth of information and a better understanding of the problem and, and allows us to create better solutions. So we, we wanted to touch on 100 as well, because that's something that you're, you're passionately involved in, right? Yes. Yes. I feel so excited to be part of 100 Ambassadors because it helps me meet uh, a lot of educators across the world, professionals, students, school, principals, lecturers, professors, those who are so advanced in this, when we get to education. And it allows me to learn so much about how to advance my work in the area of education in Nigeria. So it's not just educators in Nigeria, across the country. So I feel like I'm in the best community with regards to my work. And it helps me also gain global perspective on what an ideal education should look like. So I do not just base my solution on what is obtainable locally. I also get to look at what is happening in Finland, what is happening in other countries, what's happening in Vietnam, what's happening in India, what's happening in educational sector in other parts of the country. And I get to test them as well. We're talking about design here and see if it actually works for me. So I really feel that 
I'm in the right community. When I started, I've always wanted to be, my aspiration is not just to be a teacher, educator, but to really deeply understand how to change learning and remodel education in my country, Nigeria. So I'm very much passionate about it. And being part of the 100 communities one step is taking me one step closer every day. Because every day I, we get to implement, like I met some of my, some, some educate uh, ambassadors in other countries, which we've come together to implement projects. Link Online Learners is implemented by, has been founded by some ambassadors in 100. And also one of my friends who is also an ambassador, also founded another project. I think this is our chance. And I also get to participate in it. So we are like coming together to put, put on projects, found organizations, education innovation to help tackle the problems in education. So that's actually a good step for me. And 100 is actually expanding. 100 is expanding to different mm-hmm. countries. And I, I would recommend it to anybody who wishes to be a teacher, to educator, because it allows you to broaden your perspective on what actually innovation in education is all about. That's a recommendation then for our listeners as well. It seems yeah. like they have really great resources. I got, I got sucked into the website. What, what are your plans for the coming year and the future? I love the question a lot and I, I, I'm being asked a lot of times. My plans for the coming years and the future, and uh, basically now I'm still an undergraduate student, University of U. So I look forward to completing my studies in the next couple of years. And while I'm doing that, and also establish more partnerships that will help us engage more more students to learn at the Innovative Child Network, give more students opportunity, especially in low-income communities. So recently, we just got partnership with Coursera to help underserved high school students learn. And because school just resumed, we have given access to a lot of a number of students. And in our next cohort, we hope to do more. So such partnerships like this is what we seek for in the coming years to help us increase the learning of students and help them realize their potential while exploring their creativity. Mm. We have a lot of projects at hand, such as... Uh, book projects we run like a literacy campaign where we donate books for children in public schools it started in 2019 it was it's usually a five-month campaign from january to may which we celebrate in children's day children's day in nigeria is usually celebrated 27th of may and the project runs from january to may where we solicit for support books and educational materials for children. So we did last year and we donated over 200 books to children. And this year we also did a campaign, but we couldn't execute it on May because of the pandemic. So we had to hold on. But our children's celebration was held online on our Facebook page. And we had a live stream, over 600 live stream from uh, across seven to eight countries and the implementation of the projects will take place next month when the new academic year would start and we are looking at giving out 300 books to children in primary school 
and secondary school. That's incredible. Books are, books are such an amazing object to learn from, aren't they, to this very day? Yes, yes, it is. Especially for children who do not have access to the online world, do not have consistent access to the online world, books are a good alternative for them and they should not be deprived. As the pandemic slowly ceases, uh, a lot, the economy has been greatly affected and some children may not return to school because they don't have the school materials, even though schools might be free, but they don't have the uniform, the bags, the school books and the rest to return to school. That's where we come in to help um, as many children as we can to return to school in the new academic session. So it's very important at this time. Other, other, other factors that you found successful for encouraging children to, to get to school. Yesterday, I, I spoke to Venuste, who will be at Open Design Festival as well. And he, he works with water to positively reinforce, encourage children to get water from their school. Have you seen other interesting methods to encourage parents and children to get to school? Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's one really great way of positive reinforcement, isn't it? Of, of doing two things in one. Are you aware of, of any other campaigns that encourage children to get to school, whether it's in Nigeria or, or abroad, or anything that you've seen successful? Yes, I, I didn't also mention I'm an ambassador for Global Youth Ambassador for the Award, and they are also running campaigns to literacy campaigns for children to get back to school and other local organizations and i know there are a lot of them though i can't remember their names at this point there are a lot of them so for design for change i i just wanted to we need to implement solutions that inspires positive thinking among people and create positive change that every um, approach, the solutions that we create should inspire positive thinking and problem solving and help others understand that everyone is meant to bring change to the world in his or our own way. So that's what it actually mm-hmm. means for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you've mentioned design. Are there other ways that you, you've found design to be useful right, beyond just the education system? Other interests in design? Yes, yes, yes. So I have a couple of friends who are really into design, such as UI, UX, and the rest of it. So they use it to tell stories, design, using design to tell stories, using design to, to paint a picture of what change should be, change would be in society. For, for instance, like what is happening in Nigeria today where there's currently a protest against the, the section of the police force, the SARS, and asking for the government to stand up for the young people asking the government to to stop the brutality. Designers have stood up to create compelling compelling visuals to drive the message. So that's another way of designing for change. So designers have come together to send a message through artworks. So we look at the internet. Internet is flooded with lots of, of visuals and it's powerful. 
it sends a message, it speaks on its own. So that's another way of designing for change. Mm, wonderful, wonderful. Uh, I want to know where people can find you, where can people reach out, but also what sort of partners are you looking for? What sort of people would you like to, to get in touch with you? People can reach me via Facebook, Blessing Akban, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram is I am B Akban. My email address is open online on LinkedIn and other platforms, so it can be reached there. And the partners, kind of partners we want for the Innovative Child Network, what we do mainly is training and mentorship. And if we can find um, platforms that could help with resources for the trainings for children and students, it will be great and it will also help them learn. So such as like we had a partnership for Coursera who helped us with courses, we could also help partnerships for other resources where children would also get to learn in other areas they choose to. And also uh, mentors as well. So we're also looking out for mentors, experienced mentors, educators, who, who know who has been in education for a while and also can help children learn. That's what we are also looking for. And also media platforms who could amplify the work we do to reach out to more parents, to reach out to more schools. And additionally, also schools as well. We also get to partner with schools to train children in that school. So we are open to partner with schools, public schools and private schools to train their students. And also we don't just train we bring them into the network where they can receive continuous mentorship and also follow up on their own learning. We work with Coursera, we work with XTalks. XTalks is an organization which uh, amplifies the voices of young people who do not have access to uh, consistent internet access. And also we come together to ask for training materials like the other day when we wanted to host a, an, a robotic Arduino training for children, but we needed to use materials that are easily accessible for children. I think I've, I've been given the opportunity to say a lot about my work, to share my story, which I love doing. I love sharing uh, my story. And of course, sometimes it feels like I'm not just used to sharing the story. <laughs> But <laughs> in any case, is I feel I feel excited because it's been three it's been like three years since I started being an educator, and the journey has been not been smooth though, but it has been like one step at a time, and I'm trying to make sure that I learn a lot in every step that I. I take and in every community I find myself that I try to learn one or two things so I'm pretty much excited especially every opportunity I get I try to tell young people around and young people everywhere young people who are listening to this podcast that there is always a first step if you don't take the first step you will not you will not be noticed. If you don't take the first step, you will not get the motivation you need. You have to take the first step, then every other thing will fall in place. 
That was what I did some years ago. And I'm proud I took that first step. And I want to implore every young person there not to be scared of taking the first step. Even though it may not really be very clear, all they have to do is trust their intuition and believe that when once the first step is taken, every other ones will be clearer and they will do just fine. Thank you. Thank you for those words. Should, should we leave it there? I've really enjoyed the conversation. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I totally enjoyed this session. I totally awesome. enjoyed it. Awesome. Let's keep in touch. I'll see you at Open Design Africa Festival. Yes, I will see you there. Thank you. Thank Blessing. You. Have a great day and a week, great week. And Bye. you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in and let us know what you thought. Uh, stay safe.